0: Hello everybody, I'm Dr. Kevin Cutters. Welcome to another Holistic Health Hour. Hopefully we're going live on YouTube right now, live on Facebook and live on Instagram. So I hope everybody can see. If you do have questions, please um, go ahead and put those questions in. There are a bunch of questions from last week that we have to go over. So uh, if we don't get to yours this week, hopefully we'll get to them next week. So uh, uh, one question that came in is, um, will people in the vicinity uh, get any benefit of the Rife. Um, The question actually was, would people coming to visit my house would get benefit by running the Rife machine? And the most common question that we get from uh, patients is, is this going to affect my partner in bed with me, Um, my husband sleeping in bed with me? Because we typically write programs where people are using them overnight while they sleep, and, of course, they're doing that in their bed. So uh, the answer to that is yes and no. So it depends on what program you're running. And it depends also on how close they are to the machine itself or how close they are to the bulb. So the bulb is where the treatment, the frequencies are coming out. Um, uh, and it has some really clinical effectiveness up to a certain distance. Technically, you could measure the benefit of the right frequency of up to like 12 feet or so. Uh, but really, realistically, you have to be closer to that to really get any clinical benefit to to using the right machine. So really about three feet is what I say is you really have to be within that distance. Now it depends on the bulb that you're using too. We have some patients that are using, that they have multiple patients in the family with Lyme disease, uh, multiple kids with Lyme disease. They'll use it, we actually have them use a little bit different bulb that will go at a greater distance um, and they set that in the kitchen table while all the kids are sitting around the kitchen table um, doing homeschool or something like that. And they can all get some benefit from the rife. The second thing, is, so the closeness to the bulb itself makes a big difference. The second thing is what frequencies you're running. So if let's say you have breast cancer, and you're running your breast cancer frequency, and you have your sister come over and um, visit, um, and she's very close to the bulb sitting right next to you, is she going to get benefit from it? Well, not if she doesn't have breast cancer. So. Um, The frequencies are everything with the right machine, remember. So if I have prostate cancer and I'm running colon cancer frequencies, there's a good chance that it's not going to really positively affect my prostate cancer. So uh, you have to be running the right frequency. So if you don't have the the condition that you're running the frequencies for, well, then it's really not going to have any positive effect on you. But... um, Remember, the Rife comes program with over 2,000 different programs that you could use on different things. So if your child has strep throat, you could run some strep frequencies that could be beneficial to them, but they'd have to be fairly close to the bulb to get those benefits. Uh, Same thing with people that visit your house, same thing with your spouse. Uh, when we write programs we don't just put frequencies for the cancer in the person's program we'll put frequencies that will help detoxification help with the liver help with the kidneys help with the gut as well so it's not uncommon that the spouse will say boy what is what's been happening with this write machine I've been you know having you know more bowel movements or feeling better or whatever this condition is has improved just because they're improving their detoxification processes so that's not uncommon Um, even being at a, you know, even a little bit greater distance than three feet away. But it's all about the frequencies that's being run. And that goes into the second question, uh, which was, if EMFs are bad for you, how is the rife good for you? Well, it's all about the frequencies. So there are certain frequencies that are harmful to us and can negatively affect cells and those um, are not frequencies that the Rife is using. So when you, when you use an EMF meter and you measure EMFs, um, uh, those harmful frequencies for you, uh, and you put it up to a Rife bulb, you're not getting anything um, negatively coming out of it. Uh, you can get negative EMF frequencies from the computer itself that you're running the Rife program with. That's why we tell people to Close the computer, put it to sleep. Once you hit run on the program itself, it puts the program into the machine itself. So you don't need the computer. You could actually turn it off or disconnect it and put it in the other room if you wanted to. Um, But if you put the computer to sleep um, by closing it, um, effectively the EMF uh, output on the computer goes down to nearly zero in itself. So that's um, really the best way to do it. Uh, so yeah, EMFs can be measured with a with an electrical EMF device. You can measure EMFs. and, and You can buy one um, and measure your EMFs that uh, are coming from your modem. That's high EMFs typically, um, and those are the things that you might want to turn off or discontinue using. Or we have a EMF bag that goes over your modem that could help block EMFs. Um, So EMFs can be a a real danger, especially if anybody has uh, any brain issues and glial cell issues as well. Next question is, what are some realistic expectations that a person can have when starting alternative care? Um, And This gets into, I guess, my philosophy of, um, does alternative care cure cancer? Uh, and my philosophy is no. So I do believe that God can cure cancer and you can be completely wiped out of every cancer cell, but that is an act of God. Is alternative care a cure of cancer? Well, first of all, we can't legally talk about a cure at all, you know, because we're not legally treating cancer. Uh, but in reality, I don't think so, anyhow. I don't think anybody has ever cured of cancer short of God intervening. Um, even through the medical profession. And they will say, oh, you're cured, you're completely cancer-free because your PET scan is completely clean and so you have no cancer cells. Well, uh, honestly, that's not even true. So a PET scan is is not going to pick up cancer cells. Um, It's not going to light up at all unless you have at least two to three million cells uh, in a specific mass that it it will show positive with PET scan. Same thing with a CT scan. So just because I have a clean CT scan, just because I have a clean PET scan, does not mean I don't have um, any cancer cells in me. And the truth is, is that we probably all have cancer cells in us at any given time, and our body is knocking them down, our immune system is killing them off, and therefore I may not ever get a diagnosis of cancer because my immune system is scavenging and I have, uh, you know, uh, your immune cells is looking for um, you know pathogens and looking for cells that look abnormal and they scavenge and destroy those cells. and So that's what keeps me from getting cancer. But the truth is, I have cancer cells all the time, and especially if a person is ever diagnosed with cancer, you have circulating tumor cells that are looking for a place to raise a family somewhere, and they're going to different organs and trying to Find an opportunity to start replicating, Um, and even when it starts replicating, your immune system then can then uh, scavenge that and kill that. So, um, are we ever cured of cancer? Well, I don't even like to talk that way. We want to get people into remission for you know 30 years. That would be great. So that's really the goal. But what are some realistic uh, expectations when you're starting alternative care? You're trying to slow down the growth. And if we can get the, the replication cycle, because remember what cancer is. Cancer is really a cell that is going through rapid replication. And that's what could be dangerous. So if we can slow down that replication cycle and get it to start replicating slower, therefore that would be called your cancer's growth is slowing down, that's a real good thing. If we can have a person that comes into our clinic and they have, let's say, masses in their lungs that are, you know, four millimeters by nine millimeters uh, and three millimeters by 12 millimeters and three months later we do another scan and they're still four millimeters by nine millimeters and three millimeters by 12 millimeters, aka their masses haven't gotten considerably larger. they've stayed the same. are we winning? The answer is, uh, yes. So our uh, replication has slowed down, um, possibly even ceased. Isn't that then the ceasing of cancer growth? Yes. Um, I know everybody ha- wants to have explanation of uh, I have this mass in my breast or my lungs or wherever it is and I want it to go away. Therefore, I'm cured of cancer. Um, that isn't always reality. So Uh, Sometimes if we could just get it to stop replicating, our body will wall it off, and it'll stay there the rest of our life. Uh, But if we live, you know, 30 more years, when we're expected to live three to, you know, six months, um, are we cured of cancer? Uh, Still no, but we're in remission. Those cells stopped replicating. And that's really what the goal is. Uh, uh, that's what our goal. Whether you seek alternative care or whether you seek standards of care or whether you have a combination of both, and that really brings us into the next question too. Um, if I choose to do alternative care, do I have to stop my standards of care? If I choose to do alternative care, do I have to stop chemotherapy? I know we get a lot of calls where people are like. I, you know, I just found out I have cancer, or I just found out my cancer is growing, and my doctor wants me to do X, Y, Z. Um, but I have to decide whether I want to do alternative care or to do what my oncologist wants to do. Um, that's, that's not the right way to think. You could do alternative care right along with standards of care um, all the time. Yes, there's some things, I think we spoke about this last week, there's some things you don't want to do um, if you're going to do chemotherapy. You don't want to use strong antioxidants at the same time you're using an oxidizing therapy like chemotherapy. But the rife, other nutritional pieces, other dietary pieces can be done right alongside standards of care. Matter of fact, it will probably greatly increase your survivability greatly increase the effectiveness of the standards of care um, and um, give you a much better outcome and you're going to be much happier with the results so um, personally i don't think it should be called alternative care i think it should be called standard care this is what you should be doing changing your lifestyle changing your diet because these are the things that got you to the point where of the diagnosis Let's change some of those things up. And if we have to use standards of care, a.k.a. chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery, um, then so be it. But let's let's get you on a good, healthy um, protocol to begin with that's going to give you the best outcome possible. Uh, Next question, uh, is it ever too late to start alternative care? Uh, No. It's never too late to change your diet. Never too late to start good e- getting some good nutrition in your body. It's never really too late to start the Rife Machine. Um, however, if a person's body is completely shut down, if a person's body, ha- they have no immune system left, and you know, they're just a few days to live, is it realistic that these things are going to make uh, a giant swing a- and turn a person around? Um, and uh, yes and no. So from a, from a standard thought process, you go, well, yeah, it's probably too late um, if, uh, if you're in that state. Uh, you don't have any immune response left because that's what the rife really relies on. Um, you can't eat or drink. You know, you're on an IV drip or something like that. How are you going to change your diet? Yes, those things do um, give us real difficulties. And in some cases, you could say it's too late. Um, I, have, I have I've had patients where um, their their family members have asked me that question, and in the past I've said honestly, well maybe it is too late, um, and maybe that's showing a was showing a lack of faith on my part, and it and it wasn't until I've had numerous patients where in my Rational mind, I thought it was too late, but the people, the family members wanted to start anyhow. And then we saw this unbelievable 180-degree flip of the person's condition, and then they lived for multiple years after that. That just kind of blew my mind and told me that I need to stop um, putting limitations on what God can do in a person's life. So when we have a person call, and maybe the, the patient can't even get on the phone but I'm talking to family members, and they're asking, is it too late? I've learned to say that, um, th- that nobody knows but God, and that um, we'd ask that you'd really pray about your decision in, in utilizing our services. Uh, and uh, Because it might be too late, it might not be too late. I don't have the answer to that question. Um, but certainly we get a lot of patients that go, oh, I have stage 4 cancer, is it too late? And I would say to that, well, that doesn't make any difference. It really depends on the health of your immune system and your ability to be able to recover because most of our patients are stage 4 when they come to us, unfortunately. Um, We typically don't have patients that, hey, I just found out I have cancer and I wanted to do an alternative approach right away. Uh, That's a wonderful thing. and We do get some of those, but most of our patients are hey, I found out I have cancer, when? Three years ago, uh, I did chemo and radiation, it worked for a period of time, and now the cancer's come back with a vengeance, and my oncologist said that they could do chemotherapy, but it's not curative anymore, it's just gonna be to help prolong your life, and you got a few months to live. That's typically our average patient, and we see great results with that, meaning that people often live a lot longer, um, years longer than they were told that they had to live, and that's to be a great success, so. Um, And then uh, uh, the next question we get a a lot in this last year is, how do you treat it at distance? Um, uh, I don't want to travel. I don't want to come to Minnesota. Uh, We live in Florida. How can you take care of us when we live in California and you're in Minnesota? Well, we've always had our distance plans. Uh, Because we have always had people that didn't want to travel, they they didn't like traveling, or they were not healthy enough to travel. So programming a RIFE can be done um, uh, without having the person be here. Now the benefit of coming to our office is that we can do scanning with a RIFE machine to get really tuned in on the frequencies. And that is more important the more rare the cancer is. So if you have a cancer that has really no known frequencies for that cancer, it's a very rare cancer, it can become more important. Or a cancer that we've never seen before, uh, that can become more important. But if you have a, a cancer that's not as rare, breast cancer, prostate cancer, colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, lung cancer, you know uh, squamous cell uh, cancer, melanomas, These are all very common cancers. There's a lot of known frequencies for. Um, We can definitely program the Rife, get you going on that program, and utilize um, a Rife machine. We could do distance testing for nutrition. We could do distance testing. Of course, all the genetic testing is simply a saliva sample, so we use saliva as our testing sample in a lot of things. Distance, uh, our distance program, we've had just as much success. Over the last 10 years of our distance program, we've had a much um, higher use of our distance program in the last year with COVID. Um, and we're having just as good a success with those patients. So we never want to discourage anybody from doing the distance program, even if they live across the street from the clinic. They don't need to come here and do scanning, especially if you have a more common cancer. Uh, so um, it's just uh, it's been a great thing. So we can still we can see people from a distance. Of course, we don't get the benefit of, you know, inter, you know touch interaction and developing a relationship that's a one-on-one relationship with that person, but we do a lot of our uh, work over Zoom calls anyhow, and we do a lot of our work over the phone anyhow. So, um, and then we have uh, regular Zoom calls for our patients every Wednesday afternoon that they can call in and ask questions at any time in a group Zoom call, and we record those. Um, Uh, Questions, at least uh, as well, and post that up on our blog. So, look for our blog. I also would encourage you, if you're watching this video, to utilize our website, utilize our blog, and utilize the search option on our blog because there's a lot of information there that you can glean some questions that will, um, uh, in a lot of videos, uh, that will help you answer some of those questions that you might have. Uh, And then the uh, Last question I want to address today is a question that we get very often, and that is, will the rife work for blank, fill in the blank, cancer? Um, <coughs> I mentioned earlier that, the, the, that doing the distance program, if you have a relatively um, common cancer, is very easy to do, and I have a lot of confidence in it. But I do want to caution you to think that uh, because of, unfortunately, what people have been told commonly, that their cancer is rare. I, uh, I cannot tell you, <laughs> it's, it's at least several times a week that we get a call saying, I have this cancer and my doctor said it's very rare um, and I need to do chemo right away. Um, and I'm not saying that they should or should not do chemo. Um, but many times they list a cancer that is not very rare. So um, there's, a, there's a lot of different types of cancer out there. And people think that the RIFE is going to work better on one type of cancer than it is on another type of cancer. And that is really not true. And it uh, we've had patients that have called and they have uh, a type of cancer that hasn't yet been identified even with multi- multiple biopsies. They haven't identified the primary organ of the cancer because the biopsy is, um, is uh, they just can't detect the cells. Uh, so uh, how do you program the RIFE for that? So there's ways to test for that, there's ways to utilize the RIFE using standard Uh, cancer programs that can be still extremely beneficial for those patients. And we have multiple patients that are in that category that are doing phenomenal that have yet to have their type of cancer identified. And the reason why they didn't go any further because they didn't do standards of care. So there could be a lot of success with that. So the type of cancer that you have is less important than digging into those 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 four uh, pillars that we dig into when we look at a person's cancer so is the is the person having triple negative breast cancer at more at risk than a person having ER positive cancer well from standards of care meaning from your oncologists point of view, They say yes. And the reason why triple negative is a much more aggressive cancer from an oncologist's point of view is really because a whole class of drugs, meaning the estrogen blocking drugs, are not available now for that cancer. They only have. You know, their, their, let's say their number of drugs that they could use on breast cancer was this big and now because you have triple negative breast cancer, now the number of drugs that we could use is this big, so with a much more dangerous cancer. We're not using drugs from an uh, alternative supportive perspective that we take to help that person with cancer. So that doesn't make it more aggressive or more dangerous from our point of view. So. Um, it's, uh, we're still using frequencies, we're still using nutrition, we're still using nutraceuticals, we're still looking at genetics, we're looking at causes, we're looking at detoxification, we're looking at all these different factors that encompass our four pillars of care. It's not so much the type of cancer that we're concerned with, it is the cause of the cancer, it's the toxins in the person's body, it's the, uh, it's the uh, other factors that we're dealing with to help that person heal. Uh, not this limited drug uh, capabilities that standards of care have. So, I don't ever want a person to think that that um, that their type of cancer limits them uh, to alternative care, or what their standards of care doctor said on how aggressive their cancer is limits them to. Not be able to do alternative care, even if my cancer is very aggressive, meaning that the the current state of replication is very rapid, so it's growing quickly, um, and I and I need to do chemotherapy too, coupling it with alternative care, nutrition, nutraceuticals, Rife machine, I think is going to give people a much better outcome. So um, it's always best to, to look at it as holistically as possible. Take a step back. You may choose to do what your oncologist is asking you to do, which may be exactly right for your case. But adding the, these other things to it is, is going to make your um, outcome, I think, much better. So uh, at least consider that. All right. Well, thank you very much for another Holistic Health Hour. Make sure you get your questions in, and we'll get those answered on our next week. Um, and uh, uh, enjoy your day.